Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Can we, for just a moment, all together say, Welcome back home, Jeannie Baker? Really glad to have you back with us, Jeannie. She uh, had a back surgery and was, was out a few weeks. How many weeks? How long? Almost two months. But what we've launched today in our live stream, we were actually running, running it in a trial way uh, before that, and Jeannie was still able to be a part of our service as a result because Alex gave her the, the place to go, and so she was still connected to us in that way. That was really cool, so we're, but we're really glad to have you in person. And Bobby, too. We like Bobby, too. So <laughs> welcome, welcome back. God bless you. Um, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, we're continuing uh, what we started last week <clears throat> about living in the supernatural with purpose, living in the supernatural with purpose. And I want to give you just a, a little recap from the week before, from the week before, uh, some things that we covered, some key things that, will, that kind of laid the foundation for where we're going today. And we were over in the book of Judges, chapter 6, where um, it was talking about a man by the name of Gideon. You remember that Gideon is 300 mighty men. Um, actually, they weren't really, didn't really seem to be all that mighty until the Lord helped them. But uh, God dwindled this army of thousands down to 300 to show Gideon that God was with them and that he had this. And, uh, and they were able to overcome uh, the Midianites uh, and come out from under their captivities. At this time, Israel had been taken captive by them. And so now this, the angel of the Lord comes to this man named Gideon and visits him while he's, he's at the wine press. And he says, and calls him mighty men of valor, greet, greets him with that. And then Gideon says to the angel of the Lord, he says, um, I, I don't know if you know what's going on here, angel of the Lord, but... Um, what I'm wondering is why has all this stuff happened is if God really is for us, if God is really, uh, if he really loves us and really wants to help us the way he does, then why has all this happened to us? Come on. I mean, maybe we've all come close to asking that question. If God's so good, why is all this happening? Um, and, and then he says, God has forsaken us. All right. But right between those two statements, Gideon says the most marvelous thing. He says, where are his miracles? which our fathers talked about. Where are his miracles? And, and then the angel of the Lord says, go in this might of yours, Gideon. <laughs> That's interesting to me because there wasn't much mighty about that statement from Gideon. God's forsaken us. Why is all this happening? I mean, that's just not a real powerful prayer. I, mean, I just can't imagine the angel going, wow, that's really mighty. But I think really more than anything, between those two statements was the one thing where he says, where are the miracles? And I believe that anyone, any person who is looking for miracles is sure to find them. And he's saying, go in this might of yours. Your hunger to see the supernatural is sure to come to pass. Go in that might. When you're looking for God's hand in your life, when you're looking for his intervention, that's mighty. That's a mighty way to live. That's a mighty pursuit, a noble pursuit for your life. So I, wanna, I just want to stir up your hunger and desire for the supernatural more and more in your life. Because more than ever, my family, we need it in the earth. We need it in our families. We need it in our marriages. We need it in our, in our own bodies. We need, we need it in our finances. We need it on our jobs and our businesses. We need the supernatural. 
Listen, what, if, if, there, if, we can't, if we don't have super, supernatural intervention in our lives, then what difference is Christianity from the rest of the world? It's just one more religion. This isn't a religion. Christianity is not just one of many religions. Christianity is absolutely opposite of all other religions. Because all other religions are performing, 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 hoping at the end that the good outweighs the bad. And that's, that's, that's man's poor way of thinking. That's the kind of conclusions that we come to with our finite minds. As Proverbs says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. And there is, there, there's, a, there's a mentality out here and, uh, by, by people uh, that is that all roads lead to God. All roads lead to God. And I, I will not refute that. I won't argue that. Everybody is going to stand before God. Sure enough, every road is going to lead to the judgment throne of God. Absolutely. But there's one road, and those are all roads that men are constructing, men are building. But then there's one road that takes you beyond judgment, and it takes you to the Father. It doesn't take you to the judge. It takes you to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's not any man, any road that any man could build. No, it's a road that God built to us through Jesus Christ. When God became a man and dwelt among us, through his son, hallelujah. And it's through that man, Jesus Christ, that all men can come to know God, can come into this glorious grace and know that God is their father and heaven is their home. Amen. I mean, I, I'm glad to know that God is powerful, but I'm glad that's not all I, all I know about him. No, now I've received his spirit. You have received his spirit according to Romans chapter eight that says you have not received the spirit of the world, but you've received uh, 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 you not receive the spirit of bondage, I'm sorry, again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing him as our father, oh, that's a whole different experience. I mean, the devil knows that there's a God, right? So, I mean, you could have just devil knowledge on God, but he doesn't know him as father, not like we as his children do. And Jesus brings us to the father. The scripture says, in this love has been perfected, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The day of judgment is going to be an awful, terrifying day for many. That is, many who do not believe on him. But for us, it's a day of boldness. Because all of our confidence is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is one God and there is one man, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I love that verse of scripture. The man Christ Jesus. So... Um, where are the miracles? Go in this mighty of yours. So a person who's looking for these miracles is sure to find them. And when you remember that God is with you, and I want to encourage you and remind you today that God is with you. God is on your side. Say that with me. God is on my side. Amen. That then, then you won't get hung up on things in this world that hinder you. Maybe there's some things hindering you right now, but don't get caught up there. Remember, God has brought you the victory and God is with you. Amen. So the God who created this world, did all this marvel, the marvels of creation with his word and formed man out of the dust of the ground is on your side. The God who split that sea is today on your side. The God who decided that he would fix this sin problem through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, yeah. amen, is on your side. Thank you, and he's the same yesterday and today 
and forever so that you won't just hear about miracles, so that you won't just read about them, but you yourself will experience them because he doesn't change. If he did it before, he has to do it again. He has to because he doesn't change. So I want to just get in you and inspire you to be looking for these things, expecting God's supernatural intervention in your life. Can I get a good amen today? So, so God is taking you to a place where the supernatural is, is not an option, but a requirement, a requirement for your life, a requirement in your life, through your life. Another, another truth that we got last week was, uh, was this thought, that uh, you were never designed to go where you can't see. Jesus said when, when the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 16, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth he will guide you into all truth. And that's verse 13, verse, uh, John 16, 13. And he will tell you things to come. In other words, he's not going to lead you blindly. He's not taking you into darkness. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, David says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That way you can always know where you're going. The spirit of God is going to tell you things to come. Now, you might not understand what all that looks like, but you can know where you're going. You can know the direction. And, and, uh, in, in Revelation chapter 12, and let me just say this, you need to get that, what God says, in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right? And sometimes you're going to sound a little bit crazy, yeah. but welcome to Christianity. Yeah. Welcome to following God, yeah. right? Because none of this is going to make sense in the, in, in, by the standard of this world yeah. and by the natural mind, by the carnal mind of man. These things can only be understood and revealed by the Spirit of God. Yeah. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why, in, in some ways, it seems crazy to say that I'm healed when I'm sick, yeah. right? Now, Scientology teaches, teaches something that's, uh, it's kind of like walking by faith, but it's really just denial. Right. And that is, they, they, they would say, if you're sick, deny the sickness. I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not what faith is. Faith is not calling those things that be as though they are not. Faith is calling those things that be not as though they are, all right? So it's not that you're denying the symptoms, you're denying the disease or sickness, whatever you might be facing. You're just declaring what God has said. This is what my body's experiencing, but I know this. I'm not persuaded by that. I'm persuaded by him. I'm persuaded by those stripes that Jesus took upon his back for my healing. I'm persuaded by Jesus saying, this is my body which is broken for you. And I'm going to take that personally and believe he was talking to me so that my body can be healed. Can I get a good amen? Amen. So it's getting it in our, and so he says, I'm telling you things to come. And these promises that God has given us in his scripture are things to come. God presents to us, this is what life can be for you. This is what I want you to experience. This is what my promise is to you. How do you get from where you are to that promise being activated in your life? It's going to happen by you believing it, as Jeremiah was talking at communion today, believing it in your heart and confessing it with your mouth. You're never designed to go where you can't see. That's why David, he's standing out there looking at that giant, and he sees all this armor, sees the height and the girth of this giant, and he, he says, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day I'm taking your head off. How did David know that? How did he know that? Because he knew that he had a covenant with God. And he knew that people that are in covenant with God win battles. 
and that there is no enemy out there that can stop a man who's in covenant with God. So he could boldly talk to this well-armed giant and tell him words like, your head's coming off of you. In the natural, he looks pretty silly saying that, doesn't he? That's why I'm saying these things are known by the Spirit. At one moment, David looks like an idiot. But when it's all said and done, he's a hero, isn't he? All right, so you can't be concerned about what it looks like or what it sounds like, what you look like, what others might think. Who gives a flipping care? Huh? You just believe God. You say what God has said. All right? That's how you win. Amen. You don't need man's approval. You already have a promise. And the scripture says in Romans chapter, I mean, Romans, Revelation Starts with an R. Chapter 12, verse 11, it says that they overcame him, talking about the devil, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. How many of you like testimonies here? I like testimonies. I like to hear what God does in people's lives. I love, I love having people stand up and share those things, and this was my experience with God. I think that's good. But I think sometimes we limit testimony to just that. To just that. Something that has happened to me. Listen to me, people of faith, you need to give a testimony before you experience it. You get the testimony in your mouth. It says they didn't overcome the devil and then give a testimony. No, they overcame him by a testimony. All right? That they, they warred with the word of God and declared what God said, and the enemy had to stop. He, he, he lost his deal because they were testifying beforehand. Get the testimony in your mouth and heart right now. What is it that you're believing God for? What is it that you're declaring about your life, about your wife, about your children, about your husband? What is it? Get the testimony in your mouth now before you see it with your own eyes. Amen. Not about just what has happened, but what we know absolutely is going to happen. Amen. Now, Mark chapter 16. Let's read these words. Cowboys don't play till three anyway. Later... He appeared to the 11. How many? Okay, Jesus is talking to 11 guys because Judas has already offed himself. All right? This is after Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's hanging out with his disciples. As Matt, you can read also the same account in Matthew, and he gives a little bit more detail. It says where Jesus took the 11 up on this mountain. So it was just them together, and he's having a meeting with them. It says, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. All right. Even though Jesus had told them, I'm going to rise again, some of his own men still didn't believe it, even though there were reports coming out. All right. Next, verse 15. And he said to them, who's them? The 11. Go into how much of the world? All the world and preach the gospel to who? Every creature. That's a really tall order. For 11 guys... Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, Lord, how do you expect us to do that? We don't have internet. We don't have TV. We don't have radio. We don't have airplanes. We don't have cars. We have a horse. We can walk or we can take a boat. But that takes a long time to go into all the world by boat. You remember Jesus, and when you created the world, you made it like 25,000 miles in circumference? How are these guys going to accomplish this? I mean, think about it. Even though we're connected to all the world, we're so connected to the world today. 
uh, the internet is, is the, probably the biggest thing that connects us. And even then, how hard is it to reach all the world with, with these tools? Put yourself in these guys' shoes. Their sandaled feet. And so how are we doing this? How do we accomplish this seemingly impossible task? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let's look at Acts chapter 1 for a moment. And we're going to look at verse 8. So still Jesus meeting with them. This is right before he ascends into heaven. And this says this most marvelous thing. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. Where? In Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You want to know how to accomplish this impossible task? It's going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. That's how it's going to happen. Now, I gave you the order. Now I'm giving you the ability to fulfill that order. And that ability is coming to you by you receiving it. It's not an ability that's, that's within you. It's an ability that's within me to give to you. When the Holy Spirit is working in your life, that which was once impossible, my family, now has become possible. Because the Scripture says, with God all things are possible. Yeah. So I, I want to encourage you to open your heart today for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, maybe in a way that you're not used to, because he really wants to change our lives. Yeah. That's what he's come to do. Uh, I mean, it's not enough. It really isn't enough to just have a good theology of the Holy Spirit, even though that's extremely important. I love theology. I teach theology. I can talk theology all day. But that's not everything. It really isn't everything. It's not enough to just have theology because he came to empower you and I. Uh, that is to make whatever uh, was weak in you now obsolete so that he can reveal his strength and his power in you. Um, you shall receive power. I like that. It, did, it didn't say here that you, you'll generate this power or you'll instigate this power or you'll promote this power. No, it says you will receive it. All right? So it, it doesn't matter then, then, then really who we are. It just matters who he is and that he is able to do this for us who will receive it. I like that. You shall receive power. So we are simply people who have received something from God. Acts chapter 10, let's turn there for a moment. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. This is Peter, the apostle Peter, standing in a man by the name of Cornelius' home, a Roman centurion. This is the first Gentile convert in the scriptures. First Gentile convert, uh, and, and we don't find that until Acts chapter 10. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. I love that and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism, it was at that moment that Jesus became empowered to do something in the earth. It was, uh, well, what was he empowered to do? Well, that's what Peter says here. He went about doing good and healing all. He went about doing good and healing all. I was telling in the earlier service that I believe that, that the church is not as powerful right now as it could or should be. 
There's so much more for us to experience and to know concerning the Holy Spirit. And I think the big problem is, is because much of the church thinks that it's more important to have good theology of the Holy Spirit rather than the activity of the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all, y'all got too quiet. I'm, I, why'd you get so quiet? You're not supposed to get quiet there. You're supposed to be shouting. Yeah. And, and because the, the theology of it's not really the purpose for us to just talk about the Holy Spirit. The real reason why he came was to change things and to make a difference in our lives and then to cause things to happen for good. And he has come to empower people to make changes in the earth. God came to help this world. I love what Brandon brought, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he helped this world. He gave us Jesus. Amen. He came to, and to change lives. And through, through his empowered body called the church of the living God that knows who they are and knows what can be done by the power of the Holy Spirit, anything's possible. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the Holy Spirit means power for you and I. All right? It means power in preaching. It means power in praying. Hallelujah. It means power in your living. It means power in giving. It means power in your marriage. It means power in raising kids. It means power on the job, power in your business. The Holy Spirit and power. So you don't have to live a life then that is merely tedious, one that is mediocre, and one that just puts up with stuff. All right, he's given you a life where you can rise above to a place of continual victory, and whatever hinders you, you can overcome that thing by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Scripture says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It also says that Jesus always leads us in triumph. God created you and recreated you over again when you were born again to always win, to always come out on top. I love this. You, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can live a life that is above. I want to take just a few more minutes and take us over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Wow, we've covered a lot of things today. I'm excited about tonight, about our open mic night. Can I get a, uh, just a, anybody raise their hand who are planning on performing tonight? You're planning on doing something at the open mic night? One. All right. Come see the solo. Oh, no, there's another one back here. All right. Some of our worship team, hopefully. Right? We have some people that are going to be doing some songs and stuff. So come and, and have a good time and fellowship and, and uh, cheer these guys on and have some good coffee. It's great. Look at this. Romans chapter 8 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who knows the mind, the, now he who knows, what does it say? Searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Thank you. Now he who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I love that. So who's praying for you? According to that verse of scripture right there. The Holy Spirit. He's making intercession for you according to the will of God. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't know what to pray as, uh, as Paul presented to us. He says, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. I hope he knows how to pray. He's God. It says he prays for you according to the will of God. 
Well, what is the will of God? Well, we never, you just can't know the ways of God. Mysterious and past finding out. What the heck are you talking about, man? I mean, you sound nice and religious, but I don't know what you're talking about. Because I think we're supposed to know the will of God. Matter of fact, Ephesians 5.17 says, Do not be foolish. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 5.17, 5.18. Did you take that note? I hope I'm right. It is Ephesians chapter 5. I can promise you that. I know it's in that chapter. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So the, the, the Bible is his will. The scriptures are his will. And he invites us to come and know his will. All right? They're not past finding out. He's revealed his will to us. All right? So religion makes, makes all that so vague and so blurry and keeps people from really connecting with God. But look, listen to this. He prays for us according to the will of God. All right? So what is the will of God? The next verse says, and this is, a, this is a verse that many people know, but that what you need to understand today is that this verse 28 that we're about to get into is predicated upon chapter 27. Because the Spirit of God, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, therefore he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Because that happens, we have this confidence, and we know that all things work together for what? For good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. What is the will of God? The will of God is good for you. That all things work together for good. The calamity that came into your life was not from God. The destruction that came into your life was not from God. That which was stolen from you was not from God. What is from God is to make all of that turn into good. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he and God are not on the same team, contrary to my Calvinist friend's beliefs. That all things are God's will. All things are sovereign. Give me a break. Come on. They're not on the same team. All right? Because if they're on the same team, why would Jesus come to be manifested to destroy the works of the devil if they're on the same team? He's the one that said, no, we're not on the same team. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life in heaven abundantly. Amen. So we understand that the good that is coming to our life, and the scripture says in James, I love the scripture, uh, uh, do not err. Do not err. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, which means he doesn't bless and curse too. He doesn't give good and give evil too. All right? He's not a schizophrenic God that you're serving. This is a good God that we're serving. All right? And he can be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So then he brings good. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, which means he's never going to change his good ways. Ever. Right. All right? So we can fully trust him. So the Holy Spirit is here now ensuring by praying and interceding for us that your situation, no matter how dire, how dark, how difficult, how discouraging, no, it doesn't matter. Listen to me. What you need to remember this is that God is on your side and the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf for the situation to turn around for good. There's another scripture, and I'm almost through, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. 
And it says, but now Christ has become our high priest of the good things to come. So this seems to be the theme of our God, to bring good into our life. It's what the Holy Spirit, it's what Jesus is about, our high priest of the good things to come. He's there sitting next to his Father to ensure that good things continue to come into your life. Well, all y'all ever do over at one cause is talk about good stuff. You can't always just talk about good things and good news. Why? Because the Holy Spirit and Jesus are all about that. And I'm pretty sure if they are, then the Father's all behind that too. We're just talking about what he talks about. Amen. Good things, good things, good things. So he's the high priest of good things to come. Now watch this. If he's, he's our high priest of good things to come, but the scripture also teaches us that Jesus is seated next to the Father, also in Romans chapter 8. Uh, who shall bring a charge against uh, God's elect? Um, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of the throne of God making intercession for us. How many of you believe that when Jesus prays, he gets his prayers answered? Do you believe that? Do you believe? I mean, it's... it's do you think he's got a good enough in with God that when he prays, he gets his prayers answered? Yeah. I think so. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do, are you hoping God answered that prayer? I'm hoping that God answered that one for sure. And he did answer that prayer. How about when he's standing before Lazarus' tomb? Father, I thank you that you hear me always. Lazarus, come forth! And Lazarus came forth. Jesus prayed, and the scripture says he's making intercession for you. And so we can know, we can have this confidence that God, this, this is so good. This is, this is how, this, this is just how much God is on your side. That the Spirit and Jesus both are continually praying for you. Amongst all your fumbling and stumbling and, and not knowing exactly what to pray, God says, Lord, this is what, Father, this is what they mean. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I was down there. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was, Walks among those guys. This is really what they mean. I can sympathize. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Aren't we glad we have a high priest who can sympathize with us? Yes. Who understands us? Grateful to God for that. So, but it also says in this, this last verse, uh, Hebrews 3.1, uh, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our what? So he's not only our high priest who makes intercession for us. He's not only our high priest who ensures good things to come to us. He's our high priest of our confession. In other words, he needs to hear what you're saying so he can present that to the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. This, let, me, let me just connect the dots for a moment because if you will confess with your mouth, what God has said, that good thing that you're, that you're looking for, that God said that you can have and he's there to ensure you can have it, then Jesus is going to take that confession and he's going to present it to the Father. And if Jesus does that, my family, it's a done deal. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's, why, that's why we win in this deal. We don't throw up hopeful, hope-sos and wishes that's right. and call them prayers. That's right. Our prayers have confidence behind them. Yeah. Our prayers are assured. You can believe that when you pray, God will answer your prayer. Why? Because you got the Holy Spirit and Jesus praying his will along with you for you and for your situation. I'm grateful to God for that today. Yeah.
So you need, we need this supernatural intervention in our life. And the more we understand that God is with us in this thing, and if we'll open our mouth and declare it, then God will take that and say, yes, I want to get involved in that situation right there. So that's why we need to present everything to him. Right? In everything, the scripture says, uh, uh, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your prayer request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Isn't that glorious? In other words, it says, worry about nothing, pray about everything. <laughs> I hope this has encouraged you today. Let's, let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, thank you for this great time together with these great people and all these families, Lord, that are represented here. How you love them. How, Lord, you are on their side. How you are good. And Father, I'm asking you for your, for your help right now. For there are some here today who are, who are facing some, some real struggles, God, some in some difficult situations. I'm asking you, Lord, for your help. Your scripture teaches us that you are a very present help in time of trouble. I'm asking you, Lord, to show yourself strong on their behalf. Intervene. Let your miracle power be manifested, Lord. Lord, our lives are nothing without you. Lord, we thank you for the glory that with you, all things are possible. That's the kind of life we want to live. Not just know we have potential, but to live in that potential, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you give us an open invitation by what Jesus said when he said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. The condition is simply to believe simply to believe. So we put our trust in you now, Lord. We believe you. You're greater than our our trouble. You're greater, Lord, than this difficulty. You're greater than this sickness, greater than this disease. You're greater than this lack. You're greater than this hopelessness. You're greater than this depression and discouragement. You are greater than all of them. So we set our sights on you and say, God, intervene. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in our situation now. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy was disarmed at that cross. And all he has is a loud mouth now. So we say we're not listening to the loud, lying lizard anymore. We're going to trust God and believe his word above all else. Above the reports of man, the reports of the enemy, we believe God today. We thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven us of all of our sins. Thank you that you chose us, you called us, you redeemed us, you forgave us. Thank you, Lord, for that. And now... We thank you most of all for the greatest news that ever came to our ears. The news that changed everything for us and continues to change people's lives today. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Thank you for that glorious good news. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, 
please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.